Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, September 1st. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Democratic nominee for Attorney General announces her new labor-focused plan. Then Mississippians in House District 66 elect the state's first openly gay legislator. Plus, the two Mississippi museums will have free admission this weekend to honor the legacy of freedom writer Hezekiah Watkins. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Greta Kemp Martin is the Democratic nominee for attorney general in Mississippi. During a press briefing on Thursday, she announced her plans to create a fair labor division within the attorney general's office if elected. Martin's proposed division would investigate and litigate wage violations and other labor issues like dangerous working conditions. As we approach this Labor Day weekend, it is important that we honor the resiliency of Mississippi workers, one of our state's most important resources. The last few years especially have been a test of endurance and commitment for all Mississippi workers as we navigated the unknown waters of the COVID-19 pandemic. Since February, my campaign has addressed some of the biggest issues facing our state today. And today, my campaign will roll out our roadmap to restoring public integrity. This initiative how I intend to return the Office of Attorney General to being the people's lawyer. Today, that starts with sharing my intent to develop a fair labor division within the AG's office. Labor has been a dirty word in Mississippi for generations. Some might ask why. Because to some people, making money is more important than taking care of the people who make that possible. Not every employer fits this mold. But it certainly seems to be the case for our governor, attorney general, and the majority of our lawmakers. In 2022, Mississippi passed the Equal Pay for Equal Wages Act, a law originally proposed by current Republican Attorney General Lynn Fitch. Martin says that law undermines the rights of women workers in the state and wants to see it rewritten to take out language that she believes legalizes wage discrimination. In 2022, the Mississippi legislature pretended to pass equal pay legislation. The trouble is that that bill provides less protection than federal law and even requires an individual waive their rights under federal law to utilize it. 
When Governor Reed signed this, it was clear that Mississippi lawmakers and leaders do not value women in the workplace, and the failure to enact further legislation to protect women and mothers affirms this position. Where was the Attorney General when this bad bill affecting working women was being proposed and passed? She was more focused on ripping away women's rights than truly empowering them. Here's a fact. Women make up about 49% of Mississippi's workforce, but are almost three times more likely than men to be a lower wage job. Women earn 78 cents for every dollar a man earns, meaning that many women in Mississippi earn $10,000 less per year than men. At the same time, more than half of all mothers in Mississippi are the primary or sole breadwinner for their home. This math simply does not add up for families in Mississippi. We are failing working mothers. At a minimum, Mississippi working mothers deserve the support and representation of their attorney general. Several states have passed laws this year that reduce the age restrictions on workers, allowing more minors to be exposed to potentially dangerous environments. Martin says that shouldn't be allowed to happen in Mississippi. It is terrifying to me as a parent that work restrictions for minors are being repealed across our country, allowing children to be placed in dangerous jobs and conditions. We need to focus on workplace safety and ensuring that children in our state are protected from dangerous jobs. In July of 2023, Devon Perez was working on a sanitation crew at Marjack Poultry when he became entangled in a conveyor belt that he was cleaning. He was 16 years old and he was killed on the work site. One might ask why someone so young was engaged in this dangerous work in the first place. Maybe someone should have stood up and demanded answers. That someone should have been the Attorney General, but it wasn't and it hasn't been. In my administration, the Fair Labor Division will work to protect and advance the employment rights of all Mississippians, particularly low and moderate income residents. This division will investigate and litigate cases involving serious or persistent wage violations and other significant labor and employment practices including danger in the workplace. Hardworking Mississippians deserve appropriate wages and fair treatment, plain and simple. Violating workers' rights has an adverse effect on our dynamic communities, particularly those vulnerable and underpaid. This division will ensure employers follow child labor laws that protect young workers. Further, the Fair Labor Division will contain a multidisciplinary team of investigators and attorneys focusing on investigating and prosecuting those that violate the rights of Mississippi workers. Moreover, my administration will include the establishment of a legislative advisory council who will monitor and propose legislation to our lawmakers, including labor and employment issues. This advisory council will consist of partners from other state agencies, community stakeholders, unions, and employers across the state. Martin will face off against incumbent Attorney General Republican Lynn Fitch in November's general election. Michelle Williams, a campaign spokesperson for Fitch, told the Associated Press the incumbent helped pass the equal pay law and let Mississippi shift from having an unemployment office to a Department of Employment Security. Fitch does not support the creation of a fair labor division. 
Coming up, Hines County residents have elected the first openly gay lawmaker to the state house. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Classical, jazz, indie, blues, folk, bluegrass, whatever you call your music. Find it on MPB Music Radio on mpbonline.org or the MPB Public Media app or on an HD radio. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippians have elected the first openly gay person to the state legislature. Fabian Nelson is representative-elect for State House District 66. A Democrat from Byram, the real estate broker, will run unopposed in the November election. He tells our Lacey Alexander his plans for office and how, as a representative, he can push for change. I started campaigning in January. A lot of people don't start that early. This campaign is not on people's, you know, elections are not on people's mind right now. I said, yeah, you're right about that. You know, starting in January, I wasn't campaigning. I was out there in the community trying to figure out what the community needed. I was out making relationships with community leaders, elected officials, figuring out what it is that we needed. I was out talking to voters. You know, what are the issues you have in the neighborhood? Because before you can develop a platform, you have to find out what people need. If I develop a platform based upon what I need, it's completely opposite than what South Jackson needs, what Terry, I live in Byron, so it's completely opposite of what they need in Terry and Utica and Raymond. And so it was just really a listening campaign for me, just going around figuring out what you know, what the district need. And I learned so much, but, you know, we really became a household name, you know, and my goal was, I said, the thing is people are going to know who Fabian Nelson is. I don't know if they're going to vote for me. I hope they are, but nonetheless, I'm going to make sure that every single person knows who I am and it has resonated well. Like when I'm, you know, driving down the street, you know, people going, Hey Fabian. And so I'm hanging out after wonder me and my children. Hey, how y'all doing? But that's um, what we have done. We have really brought the community together again because that's what we're lacking is we're lacking unity. So we need unity back. And that's something that we're fighting for. Who's been supporting you on this journey? I mean, like you said, last time you had 33 votes. Who has been that? Who has honored you that much to be like, I'm going to back him up this time? You know, um, everybody, (laughs) Um, you know. So we do a lot of um, a lot of different things on social media. We do things in the community. So whatever is going on, we had Teacher Appreciation Week. And so when Teacher Appreciation Week came along, I catered food for every single teacher in every school within my district. So that's about probably six or seven schools. So I took, you know, food to them. Um, I took food to the, I took donuts to the superintendent's office, to the bus drivers. And so I stay involved, you know, within the community. So... That community, you know, has come together. It's not just like, you know, one group. It's like all of them. What we had happen election day, um, 
So you have made national news lately. Everyone's just losing their minds over the first openly gay person in Mississippi legislature. Why is that important to Mississippians? I, I, whenever I tell people that I'm a bisexual living in Mississippi, they're like, why? And so what is your message to people who think that there isn't a home for the LGBT community in the state? You know, the message, um, you know, is that we have a community here. We um, have been disenfranchised so long. Not only the LGBTQ community, African-American community, Latino community, we have so many marginalized communities. And what I want people to understand is now there is someone that is going to fight for every single Mississippian because that is important. It is important to know that we now have a voice. You know, what has been happening is since winning I'm getting phone calls from people all over the country saying that when I woke up and I saw the results come in, I felt like I had been reborn. I see a new day for Mississippi. And it's not. People want to say that there's an LGBTQ agenda. There's no such thing. There's an equality agenda, meaning everybody should have equal rights. You know, we have so many children in our state right now that are struggling and not being the best that they can be because they're told that they'll never be anything. So I want to be a role model and show them that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be authentic. You know, when running for office, I was my authentic self to people. And that's what's important. People see beyond what people think are is bad because there's nothing wrong with the LGBTQ community. We are normal, just like every single person. No matter what people say, we are normal. And so I want people to know that it's okay to be yourself. And so now we have to show people that it's time. We have someone that is going to fight for every single community. Do you think this will empower LGBT people of the future to run for office? You know what? It actually will. Um, Alongside the calls that I've gotten, I've gotten calls from um, other people from the LGBTQ community saying, I never thought I would see this day happen. I've wanted to run for office. Now I see that there is hope, that there's a possibility. And what I say to every single one of them is, LGBTQ does not define you. LGBTQ is not something that was a part of my campaign platform because I don't feel the need for it to be a part of my my platform because that's not what it's going to take to restore my district. Those are not the issues of my district. I'm representing the people in my district on Medicaid expansion, fully funding education, economic development. Those are the issues that are key to my community, that are key to my constituents. I'm going to fight. Those are issues I'm fighting for every single day, but I'm also going to fight for equality as it comes along. And I will never back down. I'm going to always support every single community and make sure that we have representation and that we have equality and no discrimination. Fabian Nelson is the Democratic representative-elect for State House District 66. Coming up, the two Mississippi museums are celebrating the birthday of a freedom writer and civil rights advocate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app.
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The two Mississippi museums are celebrating the birthday of Hezekiah Watkins, who was a freedom writer and is a civil rights advocate. He turned 76. Watkins was among the people arrested during the Freedom Rides in 1961 to integrate interstate travel. Now he helps at the museum, offering patrons deeper insight into what the civil rights movement means for the state's history and Mississippians. Walking through the galleries of the museum, he tells our Kobe Vance about the first time he was arrested. He was 13, and he was the youngest person to be arrested during the Freedom Rides. Uh, it's me right here. When I was 13 years of age, this bus station here, I was there with a friend, not as a freedom rider. We were somewhat nosy, wanted to see what a freedom rider looked like, talked like. And while we was there, my friend, as a joke, pushed me inside of the bus station. I did not run out. Maybe I should have. Maybe a few seconds, no more than five by the time I'm turning walking out of the bus station, this police officer came from nowhere and detained me. Officer, my friend out there pushed me in here. He took me by my wrist with a firm grip, led me on the outside and said, where? My friend was nowhere to be found. Took me back inside and asked me two questions, your name and your birthplace. But I told him, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, he arrested me just like that. And I was driven to Parchman Prison. And while I was there, I'm told, you're on death row. They beat me. They took my food. All kinds of things happened to me in Parchman. Now, let me tell you how I got out of Parchman Prison. We had a governor named Ross Burnett. And I'm told that the president called the governor and asked the governor whether or not he had any juveniles in Parchman Prison. And supposedly he told the president no. But later on, well, the following day, I was released. You've been helping out here at the museum, two museums. Mm-hmm. How long have you been working or helping serve here? And what's that experience been like? Um... I've been here since since the opening. Uh, this experience, uh, well, my first day was very awkward for me because I didn't know that my mugshot was on the wall back there. So my first day of work, I was so just go back and kind of familiarize yourself with some things. And I went back there and I... I saw me, and I saw some of the other freedom riders that had gone on. And then I saw a picture of Benjamin Brown. Benjamin Brown was murdered right in front of me over near Jackson State University. And that just really took a toll on me, and I couldn't do it no more. And just walked out. But the director we had at the time called me and and I told her what was happening. She asked me would I come back, and I did. I didn't go no further than this gallery. I don't know, for about three or four days, 
I spent all of my time over there reading and looking. And uh, one day I, something just came over me and said, you know, go further. And I did. And the next thing I knew, I was able to tour this whole museum. When that happened, that I knew that stigma had left. And I felt good, been feeling good ever since. Uh, as we go into an area more focused on the civil rights era mm -hmm. and as the early parts of that, I see a lot of imagery that seems to be popping back up again. Mm -hmm. On the right, there is a outfit of a Klansman. Mm -hmm. And in recent months, years, we've sadly seen a resurgence yeah, in white supremacy now. across the nation. Mm -hmm. I know it never disappeared, but what's it like to see those symbols coming back in a way that they haven't been seen publicly in a while? It's, uh, it's frightening. Um, it was the reason I said frightening. When I was a freedom rider, the law enforcement wore that flag on their lapel, I believe, and maybe on their shoulder, but it was out there, and it all meant trouble. All of it meant some type of, uh, some form of racism, and it was somewhat fearful to see them. Even the flag itself was somewhat fearful to see. Um, and to see it now, it brings back the memories that I saw back then. And a lot of individuals say, I don't see how a flag could affect you, just a flag. But the flag meant violence um, each time that I saw it. Um, it meant violence, and it was scary. I just want to show you the Freedom Riders up top there, how far they go around and around. There are dozens and dozens, possibly hundreds of photos hundreds, on the wall. Right. Uh, and this is a portion of the count. Because after 1961, they stopped mugshotting you. Yeah, and this is Gallery 3. This is my favorite, one of my favorite galleries. And all you see in here is seating. But each 30 minutes on the hour, there's a song that is played. And my favorite song is This Little Light of Mine. It has a lot of meanings. The sculpture here was when the song is playing, it goes in and out, in and out. But then you see, you hear him talk about the light. I'm going to let it shine. Well, it goes from this gallery out. I take it as everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. So once you walk out of this room, those lights are going out of the room with you. So it's telling me that when I leave here, I got the light with me. I'm letting it shine. So that's what we need to do because of who we are. We must let that light shine everywhere we go.
but most importantly, my message is for the younger generation who know nothing. They're not getting it from the school. Most importantly, they're not getting it from their home. So I try to educate them on things that they can do, but things maybe your grandparents did not do or was not able to do. Hezekiah Watkins was a freedom writer and hosts tours at the two Mississippi museums in Jackson. The museum will have free admission today through Sunday to celebrate his 76th birthday. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.